I cannot wait for these next episodes to be released. You guys are going to hear from the world's super talents, top professionals, and creative minds. They're going to tell us their stories, their triumphs, their struggles, and they're going to give us those keys to success. So make sure you guys stay connected, subscribe, and let's create those endless victories. The biggest dream that you can think of is not beyond your reach. And, but just there's something about really knowing and believing that that changes your actions towards it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are watching The Endless Victory, or you're listening to The Endless Victory. I'm your host, Brian Tanaka, and I'm really excited for today's episode because I have a master here with us. He is a Grammy-nominated songwriter. He's been playing music since high school, specifically the bass and many other instruments, I'm sure. He has worked with the best artists in music. I'm excited to have him on the show because I think he is a master at his craft. And I think this show is really about sharing the mindset and the methods and the way of life of someone that is just masterful in what they do. And in the entertainment world, it's even crazier. So learning from someone like that, if you're out there as a musician or anybody in the entertainment industry or just any walk of life, I think you can learn something from this and learn something from this guy. So let me introduce to you, Lance Tolbert. <laughs> Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, so man, good I'm to be here. I'm excited to have you, man. Man, thank you. So, you know, like I was saying, this show is really about inspiring people and learning what it takes to be one of the best in the best, you know? And I feel like you've been working for Mariah now for 12 years. Yeah, yeah. A little 12 over years 12. Now. Yeah. That's, that's significant for anybody in the entertainment industry to have a relationship for that long and to be uh, like, she's so loyal to you, you know? She's, she's wonderful to you and there's a reason why you've been here that long. Yeah, well, she's, uh, first of all, um, I mean, she is the legendary, iconic, uh, talented songwriter, song craftsman uh, that we all know her to be. And she's also such a great person. And uh, she's been nothing but great to me and towards me. And uh, I feel very honored and blessed to be able to work in support of her for, for the amount of time that I have. And so, you know, it's yeah, a beautiful no, thing. It is a very rare thing to, you know, for an artist to have such longevity as she has, but then also for, you know, the team supporting her to be able to, or supporting that artist to have, you know, such longevity. So I don't take it for granted. Like it's, it's a blessing for sure. Yeah. Amen to that. So, okay, let's get to know you a little bit. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to get to all that juicy stuff here in a little bit, but I want to know where you came from, your roots, where are you from? I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So whenever I say Indiana, the first thing people say is, oh, uh, are you from Gary? Because Michael Jackson's from Gary. Yeah. The Jackson Five is from Gary. And there's a, Indiana has birthed some awesome people in the music industry. Babyface is from Indiana. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, he's from Indianapolis, Indiana. So, um, you know, so I'm from Fort Wayne, maybe a two hours drive north of Indianapolis, a couple hours away from Chicago, a couple hours away from Detroit. So right in the Midwest, in that, that mm-hmm. heartland, there's a lot of, lot of good music and, and good art comes out of there. So. so music was, you grew up in it? Oh, since the day I was born. I have a big family, come from a big family. Uh, I have five brothers. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, so You're the I'm in the middle. So I'm, middle. I'm number four. So I have three older brothers, two younger, and there's six of us total. Wow. 
And so everyone's musicians. Um, and so we all, I grew up, it was just there. My oldest brother's 10 years older than me. So someone was always playing the piano in the house. Someone was always singing. Um, we grew up playing in church and stuff. So music was just a part of everyday life. Wow. Yeah. Did your parents play music or were they just always just... My um, mom played uh, a little piano and sang and wrote songs. And my dad uh, was a pastor, actually. So, oh, so wow. we were in church and, uh, and we're all singing in the choir and playing music and playing the drums and the piano. And then I ventured off into bass and stuff. So um, it was just always such a big part of life, you know, growing up. Wow. So you just grew up in it. And yeah. your whole family, your brothers, everybody plays instruments? Everybody's musicians, yeah. Everyone Whoa. plays piano, a couple of them. Three of them play drums as well. Uh, I'm the only bass player, so hey, I, don't know. I guess yeah. I had to be, be a little different. That's right. I feel that. <laughs> but uh, do you play other instruments too? Yeah, my first instrument is actually uh, piano. It's my and favorite instrument. Yeah, actually me too. Piano, like acoustic piano is is just the best thing in the world to me. I love the, you know, the the keyboards, electronics and things, but acoustic piano and actually cello are like mm. my favorite instruments. I don't play cello, but I just love it. And I, I do arrangements and write string arrangements and stuff as well. But um, just always around music. Anything music, I was, I was always just for and into, you know? Wow. Okay. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so you're in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment in time where you knew you had to maybe go away from Indiana to pursue a more of a professional career? Or like, what was that transition like for you? Yeah. Um, so in Indiana, my experience was uh, we would see the Grammys on TV. We would see the music videos. We'd see the Mariah videos. We'd mm -hmm. see Michael Jackson perform. I didn't know where any of this stuff was taking place um, because it wasn't around us. So I grew up in Indiana and in college, I went to Indiana University, Bloomington and studied music there. And I just ha kind of had an epiphany. Um, one time I was sitting in the, in the, uh, there was a jazz concert, a big band jazz orchestra, like Duke Ellington style. Mm. And, um, and the music was just so moving, but it was so unfamiliar because, you know, I had just grown up playing piano and playing drums and stuff, but I'm hearing, you know, the, trumpets and the saxophones and the full orchestra, you know? And it just, something told me there's more and there's more to learn and there's more out there. And so from then I just, you know, after graduating, I was like, I gotta be around where there's more. Mm. And um, I thought about possibly moving to New York. I thought about possibly moving to Atlanta. Uh, but I had one friend who lived in Los Angeles, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Cassandra O'Neill, phenomenal piano player, music director mm -hmm. herself. And she kind of introduced me to some people in Los Angeles, and, and that was the move for me. So after I graduated, six months later, I moved here. So was she already in L.A. at that time? She was, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, so you had someone that can kind of help that transition yes. in making that big jump. Yeah, she was very helpful. Very good friend of mine. Um, and yeah, she really just kind of showed me the ropes a little bit and introduced me to some, some cool people. She was always doing work with A-listers. And so, uh, so yeah, it really made the transition easy for me. And I was just wanted to be like a sponge. I wanted to soak up and learn everything because I was just always so inspired by, you know, Michael Jackson's my favorite artist, but there's so many talented, amazing artists watching it on TV. So excited. I didn't really go to too many concerts because we didn't have a lot to come to Indiana mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, big pop concerts or big arena shows or nothing like I didn't do that until like later in life because mm -hmm. it. 
I didn't have access. So when I got here, it's like, I'm walking down the street and I walk past like Brandy or right. I walk past, you know, you just <laughs> see all the people that inspired you. And so um, LA was definitely the best move that I could have made for me personally um, to just further my life and my career and my study and pursuit of music and, and trying to learn to do something uh, meaningful to put into the world mm-hmm. at a, a high level of quality. That's always my approach. So when you got to LA, what was some of the first things you set out to do or what did you know? Okay, I'm here in LA, what's your next step? There's a few, few steps actually, um, because you wanna be careful with financial planning mm, but yes, that's... <laughs> as it relates to like my expenses doubled literally doubled when I moved from Indiana to LA. My rent doubled, everything just doubled. So um, I was fortunate to move into a job uh, where I was uh, over the music at a church. And so that kind of gave me steady income. Oh, and, uh, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart with my faith. Um, so that was a good thing just for stability. But outside of those days working there, I was just everywhere. I was at the jam sessions. I was at, you know, taking on recording sessions and just anywhere I could go to be around music and network and get to know people and play and let them hear what I can do and just, you know, just kind of build from there. And so that was kind of the first steps and everything just kind of snowballed and eventually built yeah. to where it is today. I'm, it's so interesting because my path was obviously through dance and yeah. the process of that, you know, go to LA and then I can immediately start taking classes from top choreographers that are working with A-list artists already. So, okay, mm. I can take their classes, I can show them who I am that way, learn from them right away. Right. And then kind of lead into audition or maybe them hiring from you at some point for a job. Mm-hmm. That was my process, you know, fast forward process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a musician, you come to LA, you go to the jam sessions, you go to, do you create recording sessions? Like I can record a session for you or how, like how, just getting in that network <laughs> yeah, and community it's, is. It's, uh, it's slightly different, I think, than, than the dance world because there mm-hmm. is no class for us to go to where people can kind of, we don't have agents, Mm -hmm. like no one can really plug us in. So it's all word of mouth and it's all relationship. So we go, and not that other things aren't relationship, but the way it works, I think with musicians is uh, we go to the jam sessions and I get up and I play a song Mm. and, you know, and I might play on bass and then the next song I might play on keys. Um, And then everyone's just kind of listening, kind of like, Vibe. It's like, hopefully you're doing a good job. And everybody's like, oh yeah, that's dope. He's dope. And then someone may have opportunities. You know, Mm -hmm. there may be a a spot open on a tour or someone may have, um, oh, I got to do a recording for this new artist um, next week. Lance would be perfect for it. So I need a great bass player. So, and so it just kind of happens like that. You know, are these jam sessions like post, like when did you come to LA actually? When did you move to LA? I moved to LA in February of 2006. 2006. Yeah. So you two wasn't totally it was just getting started or i'm not sure yeah there wasn't a lot of like like iphones weren't even here yet. social media wasn't around what it was what it is now yeah so you knowing your friend was maybe a key to finding out where the jam sessions were exactly and then you went there and all the musicians or musicians working musicians are there all just jamming out respecting each other vibing each other exactly vibing off of each other playing music yeah wow 
Yeah, so word of mouth. Yeah, there was a place called Cozy's. It's not there anymore, but um, it was on Ventura Boulevard, like um, like Sherman Oaks. That was a main one. Um, you had like the Temple Bar in Hollywood and just different things that you would just hear about word of mouth. It's like, oh, we got to be there like 1030. We got to get in there. Wow. And then you might see anyone. You might see Marcus Miller playing. You might see, you know, I saw Nate Watts. They did a lot of recording on bass for Stevie Wonder, like Whoa. legendary guys hanging out, jamming, playing these legendary songs. So, so much inspiration, wow. so much power and energy. Um, and that's what I, you know, didn't have a lot of access to in Indiana. Like I would have had to drive to Chicago mm. uh, every night to experience that. Um, so it's just a beautiful thing. And it's, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm excited just talking about it because the feeling is so uplifting to yeah. have that communal experience of sharing that the power and, and the magic of, of music and expression like that. Have you ever heard of the baked potato? Yes. Yeah. On Ventura and Studio City? Yep. So I learned about that after being here for years and years in LA. Yeah. And someone was like, yeah, we're going to go to the baked potato. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, yeah, I always drive by it. I didn't, what is it? It seemed like we get baked potatoes there. <laughs> I didn't know it was like where legendary musicians go and play. Yeah. I think Prince like showed up and played there one time and I'm it was sure. just it's just literally a small hole in the wall place mm -hmm. and but just going in there you feel this energy and then you got these guys just jamming just vibing out and they're just kind of rotating and like the level of it was just so impressive but i i, I hear like i felt a little bit of what you're saying like mm -hmm. that and even just being a musician yourself and understanding the artistry and the mastery that these guys have and these legends that you look up to and you understand and you you admire and stuff like that energy exchange is, is crazy i'm sure yeah yeah it's powerful there's nothing like it man um uh inspiration period is nothing like it because you know it just elevates you and your mind and your thinking and you're you're open to possibilities that you never could have thought of or, or come to on your own you know when someone inspires you you right. know what I mean? And so I got a lot of that in the early days and um, just very fortunate in my early days of being in LA. Was, very fortunate. Was there a person that you met along the way at maybe a jam session or something was like, hey, I got this gig. I need you to come and audition for this tour or this show or job or recording yeah. session. Was there anybody significant? Or there's probably a few people that are significant. Yeah. Anybody jump out at you? Like, oh. Well, uh, one you're probably pretty familiar with um, by the name of Randy Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he actually, I did an audition for an artist named Van Hunt who I think is one of the dopest artists I've ever got the privilege of work with. Wow. I did an audition for him. Uh, he was managed by Randy. Um, and so I got that gig and that's how I met Randy. And Randy, after Van Hunt's tour was over, Randy recommended me to come to the Mariah audition, mm. which was invite only uh, because she was putting together kind of restructuring her band. And so that obviously it was a pivotal moment yeah. <laughs> in my development. Because um, Randy Jackson was the musical director yes. for Mariah at that time. Yeah, and he used to play bass for her and as well. And he's bass. a masterful bass player himself. And so to get that call from him and, and knowing what this position meant to him, being the music director and being her bass player and just the, the relationship and the rapport and the, the professional relationship that they had, um, I'm like, these are big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know? Wow. Okay. So, sorry. We fast forward and skipped a few pretty important moments. So, yeah. <laughs> Randy, he invited you 
to this private audition. Yes. To to work for Mariah. Yes. And to be the bass player. Uh, yes. Well, he actually, I came in planning to audition on keys and bass. Oh, wow. And he said, yeah, sure, come in, audition on keys and bass. I, well, I did the audition on bass, and everyone seemed pretty happy. So he was like, yeah, I mean, you probably don't even need to audition on keys. I said, well, if you don't, you don't think so, cool. <laughs> wow. And um, So know. he was like, all right, I'm ready to step back. There's a new bass player in town. I could kind of fall into a new role. Man, Randy, he was very gracious uh, to me. I'm very appreciative to him for that opportunity to this day. Uh, and I always will be appreciative um, for him. Uh, I have a lot of respect for what he's done in the music industry mm-hmm. with his, uh, as a bassist, as a songwriter and producer, as a music manager, of course, his work with, you know, TV shows and things like, you know, so much respect for, for him. Um, and, and I took a lot of cues from him uh, because he didn't just play bass, but he ventured out into other things. Mm. And that mm-hmm. is something that's inspired me um, to do more than just one thing, you know, um, right. so I can play other instruments and I can do arrangements and I can write songs and produce songs, you know, maybe one day I'll manage an artist or have a label situation or something. But, you know, things like that, I've taken cues from from people such as him, people such as MC, people who have learned to diversify. Right. That's you know? huge. Yeah. And so you'd say as a, an entertainer, self-employed entertainer, we got to be diversified. You do. That is the name of the game. In my opinion, that's an, even as a musician, like I had to play as a bassist, I have to play bass guitar, but then I have to play synth bass on the keyboard as right. well, because a lot of songs use that. And then for the Christmas shows that we do here, I have to play upright bass, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're all bass, but you have to be diversified. And that's mm-hmm. just as a musician. Right. So, um, and it just helps to have multiple streams of income if you can play and if you can record, if you can, um, you know, produce or do arrangements or mm-hmm. music direct. These are all they, they, these are different skill sets. Right. And you have to learn how to do them and, and be good enough and competitive for someone to want to hire you to do these things. Right. But for me, living in L.A., I couldn't just do one one thing. I, I wouldn't survive. I, I would be pretty stressed out <laughs> right yeah we don't you know and we the, don't that's not good that's not good for artistry that's not good for your health like, creativity yeah yeah so diversity diversifying what you can do and how you can make yourself valuable to other people in their situations that they're building that's i will say that served me very well right. um, because people know they can call me if they need a bass player or they can call me if they need a string arranger mm-hmm. or they can call me if they need horn arrangements or they can call me if they need a keyboard player or a music director or if they need you know, a place to record their stuff. I have the space, you know. And so I'm always just a sponge. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a, a student <laughs> at heart. Like student I just, life. Yeah, I just love to learn and soak it in. And, you know, I feel honored and blessed to be able to uh, make a living doing what I love to do. Amen. And so it's like, why not learn to do it the best that I can and put my 100% into it, so. I love that. Yeah. What would you tell an upcoming musician, he's just getting to L.A., what you've experienced and you've learned to, you know, diversify yourself. What's mm-hmm. a what's a, a skill that someone should maybe be aware of or be learning about to add on to that diversified income flow? Um, I think probably one of the most important things for a musician would be uh, really getting up on technology and production, mm. because where we are in the music industry is 
every everything's a studio. Your phone now is a studio. People have produced hit songs for Kendrick Lamar on their phone, on GarageBand on their phone. That's a trip. You know. Wait, do you know what song that is? Um, that, I can't remember happened? it, but it's it's a young kid who's a he's a phenomenal multi instrumentalist. He plays guitar and bass. Um, it's on Kendrick's last album. Uh, but you, I would have to look it up. I can't right. remember. Yeah, we don't look. But that um, but yeah, so he he did the track on his phone and plugged in. I think like through iRig or something on his phone and played guitar into it, played bass into it, made the beat. Right. And um, it's on this, you know, hit album. Yeah, so that's everything's a studio. Your mm-hmm. laptop is a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, uh, if you as a musician have access to the tools that can make a hit song, a hit song reaches so much further than playing in, in a room full of people. Mm-hmm. You know, if, yeah. if, if that makes sense. That's so real. If, if, if I'm playing in an arena, there may be 20,000 people there. If I make a hit song that goes around the world, now my audience is millions, millions if not billions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the technology and, and learning how to use those tools, learn, learn how to record yourself, learn how to mix, learn how to produce tracks, learn how to work with a singer and artist uh, because your musical reach can kind of permeate the world even further. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my biggest thing. And there's nothing wrong with learning how to just be a, a, a beast and a killer on your instrument. Yeah. Like definitely do that as well. Yeah. Um, but why not do both? Exactly. And I think that's what it's about is learning from people like you, a master, I think, and going through the motions. You have been working with Mariah for 12 years. You've been working with all these great artists, yet you still want more and you're still diversifying. So tell us a little bit about the business side of being a musician and how to, what you've had to kind of learn that are kind of pivotal tools to know and to have in your arsenal or to be making sure you're protecting yourself with. Yeah, no, that's very key. Business, um, count the money. Accounting is key. You have to pay taxes. Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, All these things are key. So you can't avoid it, can't get around it. Um, so set yourself up, you know, if you want to do, um, an S corporation or an Mm -hmm. LLC, or even if you're just doing an individual, like, you know, plan to pay your taxes, budget and a lot things, managing your money and managing your time are very important because time, you need time to generate the money. Mm -hmm. So if I don't manage my time, well, I won't earn the money I need. So you know, go to sleep, go to bed, get some sleep, get some rest, (laughs) you know, take care of your health, Mm -hmm. go to work, put your time in, make yourself valuable to other people, help them build their situations up, bring them into a situation, network, um, and generate, um, that kind of synergy between people. Mm -hmm. All those things help you make the money. Once you make the money, don't spend it all. Right. That's real. (laughs) You know, um, save, uh, I plan to always earn more than I plan to spend. Mm-hmm. So at no point should my money be doing this and my resources do this. They should always be just creeping up, you know? And it may creep up slowly, but right. it should be going in this direction. Right. And if you have those habits, then you'll never be in danger of kind of being desperate in your, um, just in your pursuits in life. So when you're confident that, okay, I have the resources I'm taken care of, I don't have to worry about if I can eat tomorrow, mm-hmm. then you can really focus on okay, well, what kind of creative things do I want to do and put into the world? Right. Um, and you can create from that space and not a space of fear or stress, but from, you know, just love and positivity. Right. Um, 
And so that's those are my my keys. I love that. Pay those taxes. Amen. So and a little <laughs> bit about that, and you know, as self-employed people, and mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of ten ninety nine work. Yeah. Right? yeah. So is a lot of most of your work through ten ninety nine, or do you also get salary based W W two? Uh, yeah, the W twos. I have a hybrid, so um, I, I am a hybrid kind of. So I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, W-2s, but I do get more 1099s than W-2s. Right. So um, just keeping track of everything. Take care of your, write down your expenses. I keep all receipts, any business-related receipts, Mm -hmm. um, and I account and categorize all those things. It's tedious, but I do it because I can, you can write that stuff off. Right. Your your work expenses. Mm -hmm. Um, So so do that, you know, and... um, it's it's a different side of the brain to use than the yeah. creative side. It's like this is the mathematical, analytical, what some might call the boring side, but it'll take care of you if you do it. Right. You know, and yeah, uh, it's, it's important. You got to do it. Yeah. So 1099 work, they don't take the taxes out. So it's up to no. you to be responsible enough to save and pay for those taxes that. Yeah, the IRS is going to come asking for. They're going to come. At, it's like we know they're coming to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we live in a country where this is what it is. And they, you know, they pave the streets and we got gas and heat in our homes and stuff. It's like, got to pay taxes. So don't try to avoid it. Don't try to get around it. Um, you know, find a good tax person to help you mm-hmm. and uh, set yourself up. And th- it's better to do it right. right. I've heard horror stories yeah. from people with a lot of success. Um, hit songwriters and producers um, earn royalties that are not taxed. Mm. And then if they don't save properly, the government's like, oh, you earned this much this year. You owe us this. And it's like, I spent it. Right. And, and then you're and then you're in trouble. And then the stress kicks then, in and the fear yeah. and all that. And it's like, OK, I got to write another hit song. I got to make so I got to earn yeah. some more. And it's like, that's not where the first one came from it right. didn't come from that energy mm-hmm. you know so that's real man that, that's yeah. uh you don't want that stress on your shoulders so make sure you're taking care of your taxes yeah and and just be on it your finances really that's that's i hear that yeah and i, I think that's a good way to be just in general like mm-hmm. um it's it, at least it works for me like doing what's uh kind of responsible <laughs> in a sense uh as it relates to not trying to find ways to kind of get around and kind of manipulate and kind of shady things like that stuff has never worked for me. I don't, I don't operate in any way like that. So it's like, okay, if this is the rules, if I have to do this, then let me, I'll I'll do that. And then I'll keep building, um, within these parameters. So that's how my approach. (laughs) It's real. We've talked about the business side of it. We've talked about getting into the very unique small industry of talented professional musicians and being one of the best and kind of going through that flow you know once you got that experience with randy he ended up hiring you yeah yeah and so now you're in there with mariah and at that point you've been working with her since and you've been working with other artists at the same time when there's breaks and stuff like that too yes Yeah. yeah uh which has been uh it's, you know, again, just a blessing um, for things to line up schedule wise mm-hmm. um, to be able to have a break here and like, OK, I can go out and, you know, do a tour with Will I Am or I can go out and, you know, do a tour with this artist or that artist. So when you are in L.A. for a little while, are there any sh- 
cool shows or jobs that you've done like tv shows that you've done that you've been a part of that you're just pretty excited about or proud about just recently you know some months ago maybe about six months ago uh there's a new show on nbc called songland i Um, love that song uh, i love that show yeah no the show is amazing i love the format which where um you know songwriters come and they they pitch their songs to uh, major recording artists to be released as singles right and so I was fortunate enough to uh, work on one of the songs on that show on NBC Songland. Oh. Um, yeah, Will I Am was a, a guest on one of the episodes. Um, a guy Adam Friedman, great songwriter in his own right, uh, presented a song, and Will liked it. Will kind of retooled it and everything, um, but he called. Uh, my, a good friend of mine, Keith Harris, that I work with a lot and called myself in to work on the music and kind of retool it. And so I ended up writing um, on the song as well and uh, and performing a lot of instruments on it, bass and guitar and keys and stuff. Wow. Um, so all the music, Snoop Dogg, actually, who was, I'm a huge fan of, uh, did a verse oh, yeah. on the song. And so when his verse kicks in, uh, all the music that you're hearing other than the drums is me. So all the keys, the whole musical progression, all uh-huh. the arrangement and all the performing of the instruments is is me. Wow. And okay. so uh, what's the name of it again? Uh, the song's called Be Nice. Wait, Be Nice. That's that's the one that so Will I Am was the he's the, the artist, the on artist on that it, episode. That was yeah. the episode that I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that Be Nice, ep, that yeah. whole Be Nice song was crazy. <laughs> Dude, I love it. So it's kind of, you know, funk. Yeah. Yeah, so you um, produced and helped write that and everything. Uh, was... I helped write the music. I didn't. Uh, Will produced it. Um, I think Will and Keith actually, but uh, but I was able to get in and co-write and nice. uh, and arrange and perform a lot of the music on it wow. as well. So um, and I love working with those guys. It's always it's good. To, I've been able to work with them over the years, and um, it's always an honor when they they call me in and let me do. How much know, time did you I have hear. to prepare for that? Uh, no time, never any time to prepare. No, <laughs> <laughs> no time as in no. a couple hours, a day, to a week. No, it was like a phone call. Like, hey, can you come to the studio? Uh, like today. Oh and, wow! Uh, and so you sh- you yeah, get to the studio and, just, and yeah, you know, brought my stuff and get there and it's like this is what we're working on. Right like, down. what do you have? What do you hear? And uh, and that was the result. So just wow. it's very fortunate to. Um, you know, music's, uh, I think it's always been collaborative, but today I think more than ever, it's so collaborative, mm-hmm. the creative process. There's multiple producers and multiple songwriters and talented people coming together and bringing the best of what they do together. Mm-hmm. So I'm always honored when anyone as iconic and talented as those kind of artists are willing to call me and say, hey Lance, what do you hear? What do you, you know, we need some dope bass, like, right. you know, and so this is That's what I dope. hear. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and he mm-hmm. loved it. Uh, the, everyone loved it. I love it. Such a positive song, positive yeah. message. Um, be nice. Be nice to people. Like, right. yeah, I loved it. Um, that was yeah. cool how they performed it and how they, that whole format of that show is really interesting. Especially you get to see just like the inner workings of how a song is created and how much effort and creative flow and back and forth and adjustments and tweaks it kind of all goes through yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool to get a glimpse of that yeah we're fortunate to be around it and understand it but you know for people that don't know it's it's pretty cool to have that yeah no i love that they put it out there for the world to kind of see and get a glimpse of what the process is Mm -hmm. um and they got some of the best songwriters and producers you could could find to just be on the panel and right. then they brought in great artists to 
to be the guests on the shows and uh, so I love the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, so you got TV shows. How does that, how do other revenue streams work for a musician other than like a tour? Uh, it just kind of depends. Um, uh, for me, other revenue streams are outside of touring. Um, I still do recording sessions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, where someone will just call, you know, a need bass, not a songwriter, not a producer, but, you know, I need a great bass line mm-hmm. for this record. You know, are you available? So, um, do you have a studio you work out of? Or? Yeah, I have my own studio. Uh, I own and operate a recording studio uh, by the name of O2 studios in north o2. hollywood yeah. o2 studios in north hollywood yeah yeah so people can like go and rent the studio and do recording sessions there and yeah like professional stuff yeah yeah fully Ooh. functional plugging that <laughs> plugging that o2 studios o2 studios north, north hollywood. hollywood come on through it's just yeah. literally oh and the number two O2, yeah. Like, O2 uh, you remember, studios. I got the name from, you remember in science class back in the day where they have the periodic table yeah, of elements? Yeah. O2 is oxygen. And so oxygen is the eighth element. Oxygen is something that's necessary for life and breath. Mm-hmm. Oxygen permeates the earth as well as the universe. And it's connected to the number eight. It's the eighth element. The number eight signifies new beginnings. It signifies, you know, infinity and perpetuation. Um, and the, the number eight is so important to music. It's written in eight bar phrases. Right. Verses are eight bars. Choruses are eight bars. Um, you have eight notes in a scale. That's an octave. Like so, the number eight is very significant to music, to oxygen, and also to me. Not to do a bunch of numbers, but I was born on eight eight eighty. What? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love, I'm all about numbers. August 8, 1980. 1980, yeah. Mm, and so a- when I turned eight years old, the date was 8888. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's heavy, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I feel very connected to, to that number. And so it's your lucky number. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I feel a lot of significance from, from that number. Yeah, and that's so that's connected. why I decided to name the studio O2 Studios. And oh, I want I my that. music to be like, oxygen and be like breath to people something that's necessary and something that gives life and something that um you know can hopefully permeate the, the earth and the universe oh my gosh. <laughs> i love that bro and especially the deeper meaning behind it just goes ooh, that's yeah heavy. that's what it's that's real man right songwriters on, man. are so thoughtful and deep and poetic <laughs> and they just have the most beautiful ways of connecting things in life ah oh, i love it yeah right so on, beautiful man. Man, yeah. So that's great. So go to O2 Recording Studios. I gotta go there. I want to come and do a session there. Dude, anytime. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. I'm ex- I'm looking yeah, forward to cool. it. You're welcome. Anytime, bro. Work, is it a website? Can um, my, where, my how, how would you find it? Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Instagram is the Lance Tolbert. T H E L A N C E T O L B E R T. Um, and I'm working on getting organizing more of uh, building a website or at least having all my information like up on Wikipedia, Genius, stuff like that. So, Well, we're going to get started. um, All the social networks. Yeah. The Lance Tolbert. We'll find the O2 recording studios there in North Hollywood. We'll figure out how to make sure everybody gets to that and utilize that as much as possible. Yeah. Some good good music's coming out of there. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I can't wait for you guys to hear more of what's coming out of there. I can't wait to see. We're going to do a session there in that studio. That'd be cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So I have a, another question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this show is all about continuous growth, yes. endless victory. It's, it's never ending in my mind. You know, we're always learning student of life. 
how can we be better how can we diversify and grow yeah through your experience now what would you have told your 16 year old self wow. to be prepared for now, wow or in the future oh wow I would tell my 16-year-old self, you can do it. It's very possible and very doable. The biggest dream that you can think of is not beyond your reach. And, but just there's something about really knowing and believing that that changes your actions towards it, if that makes sense, you know? Mm. Um, so, you know, again, where I came from, I never saw it. I never saw anyone with the, I didn't know anyone with a career in music or entertainment. You know, I saw teachers, I saw, you know, other professions, but I didn't see it. So I didn't know that it could exist for me. I didn't know that I could participate in that. I didn't know that I could achieve, you know, the kind of things and have the kind of experiences. So I would tell myself, it, it is real. It is real. And so walk forward with that confidence like, no, this is where I'm walking to. This is where I'm on my journey to. And that place does exist and I will get there. And so the, um, you know, doing meaningful, impactful work, doing what you love to do, having a beautiful life that you're in love with every day, mm. uh, having a beautiful wife that I'm hey. in love with every day. Hey, Monet. Yes, that's, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a brand new thing. We gotta give that some love real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. This, is, you, this gentleman right here is, sorry ladies, but he's, he's, he's done for. No, he's, I'm sorry. Uh, he's got the ring on it. <laughs> Congratulations. I know that was just recent. Thank so you, yeah. I wish you guys nothing five but- five weeks ago, yeah. Nothing but love and happiness yeah. forever. Thank you, thank you so much. It, it means so much to find uh, the person you've been looking for your whole life. Um, so all that stuff exists. That's what I would tell my 16-year-old self. Like all the happiness, the joy, all, everything you want, your biggest dreams exist and even more. Mm. Um, and so just walk forward with that confidence, um, you know, and not with arrogance, not with, um, you know, anything like that. But mm -hmm. I know that this can exist for me. And so this is where I'm going. I'm going to take the steps to get there. And so I hope, hope you guys all meet me there because hey, we're, what's we're going to that destination. So I love that, man. You heard it first. Lance Tolbert right there. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. So this leads me to the last part of the show. Uh, it's what I like to call the victory lap. Okay. And it's five questions. Okay. Rapid fire questions. All right. Let's and go. try to answer it with one, two words or one sentence. Gotcha. It's not too strict. Okay. But just, you know, fun little fun little way to wrap it up. Rapid fire. Let's go. All right. All right. First question, the victory lap. What is your absolute favorite song to play? Oh my god, Baby Be Mine, Michael Jackson. Hello. See, that's <laughs> rapid fire and that's a dope ass song. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Okay, number two. If you could learn to play any other instrument that you don't know how to play, what would it be? Ooh. Uh give me cello. Cello. Yeah. I dig that. I love the Give strings, me cello. Man. Yeah. It's so much it. expression in, in that, the emotion in that. Yeah. Love it. Number three, what is a goal you'd like to achieve within the next year? Next year, uh, I will say top 20 song on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it out get there. It. Love it. Right, number four, what's one of your favorite gigs you've ever done performed it could be at madison square garden with mariah carey or the grammys or 
Royal Albert Hall, just something that you're just like, wow, I did that. Yeah, so being able to hang around with, with Mariah Carey, there's like a long list of these, right? This is true, this But is true. the one I'll have to say, I'll have to choose, is we performed at midnight outside the Great Pyramids in Egypt. Um, and that was something I just never even, you can't dream that up. Like who, who thinks that's even possible? So they built. <laughs> I'm trying to even like Egypt, pyramids as a background. What? Exactly, <laughs> just in the background, and they built literally an outdoor stadium for this one event uh, that she headlined, and uh, and I'm just looking around and like there, these are the pyramids, like the pyramids right. of Giza. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So that one, that's just something I can't. I'll never forget. Wow, that that's experience. beautiful, and I can. I'm you've taking me there i'm now visualizing it and just like i can't even believe that yeah i got the, i got evidence on my facebook uh please okay we got to get some p- pictures to post in this yes yeah all right last question do you have a mantra or a life motto you live by mm, yes i'll, I'll kind of say it in a brief way but it was instilled into me and my brothers from my parents um and it is find out what god has for you to do and get equipped to do it and then go and do it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, the endless victory has started. So, endless victory, man. And yes. so that's, I, I live by that um, because there's so much in that. It's not me just doing whatever I think of or whatever I think, but it's me uh, really seeking to be guided by the higher power into what does he say the best thing for me to do is and what's the best use of my life that he created. So let me tap into that purpose and then let me get equipped to do it. So I got to do my work to get equipped so that I can do it and then go do it, you know? And so that's, that's it, man. Thank you so much for blessing us with that wisdom. Goodness gracious. (laughs) And you're just your journey, man. This is like, this is exciting for me because this is coming to fruition. This is something I've been wanting to do. I want to sit down with amazing people. And yeah, thank you for your time, bro. But there's one last thing. Yes. We got to do the endless victory groove okay. to sign off. Okay. Nice. I'm with it. All right. I'm all about groove. So, I'm standing up. Here we go. Standing up. No, dancing yeah. is not my forte. They don't have Yes. Me. This is part of it. And we're getting everybody to dance. Do a little jig. Yeah. Do a little groove. So all this right. is the endless victory groove with Lance Tober. We're just going to rock. Let's go. Side to side. Side to side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Endless victory, baby. Boom, boom. <laughs> Let's go. And the time management is right. 401. Perfect. Let's go, man. Done. Cut. (laughs)